Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm podcast, and welcome to a whole new season. This is actually going to be the final season in this format. More details coming soon as as we go through this season together. This first episode is actually one that I've been thinking about doing for a really long time, and it is probably going to be one of the most important episodes that you've ever listened to, so please place pay very close attention. I actually have notes in front of me for this episode, and you don't know my podcasting uh, way, but I never have notes. I just go with what's in my brain, but this one actually required quite a few notes. So uh, without any further delay, let's get into today's conversation, and that's all about the Million Dollar Law Firm. So the reason I'm actually doing this episode now is because it seems like every few years there's a drive toward wanting to hit that uh, that place of seven figures, that $1 million mark in your law firm, as though when that happens, you are now going to feel successful, as though when that happens, you know, the clouds are going to part and you are going to be, you know, God's greatest gift to the law. You know, there's all these things that people assume that will happen once you hit a million. And it's very closely tied to how you think you will feel about yourself and how you think other people are going to feel about you. There's some sort of, I don't know, some some aura around hitting a million dollars and attorneys who have hit a million dollars. Let me tell you, none of this shit is reality and none of this is true. My happiest law firm owner clients make between two hundred and $400,000 a year and work as solos, like true solos, no support staff. So for anyone who is you know, driving towards this million dollar mark, I'm gonna tell you what it actually takes to get there because no one talks about this. Not the people who are at two million, not the people who are at five million, not the people who are at, who are at a million and one. So this is all about practice area and why your practice area matters and how you can actually get to a million dollars in that specific practice area. Because the reality is that your path to a million is heavily determined by the practice area that you choose. And if you are someone who wants to make a million for whatever reason, listen, I'm not here to judge you, that's your call, you wanna make a million, congratulations. I'm gonna break down for you what it takes based on that practice area. My ask before I go into this episode is please share this. Please share this episode with other estate planning attorneys, with other family attorneys, with other immigration attorneys, with other business attorneys. Just share this with other attorneys so that if they are on this million dollar hamster wheel, which by the way, we're all on some hamster wheel. You know, mine is uh, less work, better clients. That's the hamster wheel I'm on. And whatever hamster wheel they're on, just please share this with them so that they can actually be realistic about what it takes. So often we are told that it looks a certain way or that it takes something else to get there than it actually does, but no one's actually broken down what it takes to get there in the numbers way that I'm about to. So here we go. 
All right, we're going to start first with estate planning attorneys. So still listen in even if you're not an estate planning attorney because you might find some insights, some little nuggets here that you could apply to your own practice. Okay, so first we've got an estate planning attorney. Let's say they're gonna charge $2,000 per will, per document that's drawn up, whether it be a healthcare power of attorney, if it's the actual will, if it's a trust document, whatever it is, let's say it's $2,000. So to get to a million dollars, you're going to need 500 clients. That's just how the numbers break down. A million divided by 2,000 is 500 clients. That means you have to do 500 wills or 500 estate planning documents or you know, 200 uh, healthcare directives, and then, you know, 200 trusts, and then, you know, 200 wills or whatever that is. Like, that's how the numbers break down. 500 clients is what you need, with each of them paying you on average $2,000 per document. So if you need 500 clients, and here's the thing that nobody talks about, you're gonna have to do at least 1,600 consults, and that's at a generous, 30% conversion rate. So if you that means that out of 10 consults, three will hire you. That's what that conversion rate means. That is actually the average conversion rate for most attorneys, regardless of practice area. Most of them are converting at about 30%. And I also want you to remember that if you are a heavy um, Instagram, Facebook, pay-per-click, internet digital marketing law firm then you're looking at an even lower conversion rate because there's more trust that you have to earn in that 30 minute 45 minute consult so i'm just going to say generally 30 percent conversion rate here that means you've got to do 1600 consults 1600 consults some of you don't even get to 100 consults in a year and you're trying to get to 1600. This is just how the numbers break down, okay? All right, so then you start thinking, okay, well maybe instead of charging $2,000, I can sell these as packages. Oh, because we know those law firm programs out there selling things as a package so, and encouraging you to sell things as packages. So uh, those programs will not be named here, but you know what they are. And they're gonna say, well, you gotta package your services. You can't just sell a will, so you gotta sell a will and a healthcare directive and a financial directive and an 18-month check-in um, you know, in the future. And that's going to be $5,000. Okay, great, so now you've been able to package your services together for $5,000. Guess what? That still mean, means that you need 200 clients a year. 200 clients that you have to draft these documents for. And do you know what that means for consults? That means you need around 600 consults a year. So yeah, you might have gone from needing 500 clients down to 200, and you might have gone from 1,600 consults down to 600. But at the end of the day, what you need to realize is that the number of clients that you are actually servicing, that 200 client number, that is gonna actually dictate your team size. So at the 500 clients, like 500 clients every single year that you need, that's 41 new clients every single month. And if every client takes you at least six hours of work, 
that's 250 hours per month of actually doing the work, which in reality, if it's 250 hours of doing the work, that means it's actually 500 hours in the office. And by the way, there's 167 hours in a week, maybe 168. Someone correct me on my math there. But, you know, that's basically how it breaks down. Okay, so to service 500 clients, you need an answering team. You need a team of paralegals. And you probably need at least two attorneys. And that's at 500 new clients. At 200 new clients, you're looking at something a little smaller, but it's definitely probably going to be more than one attorney you probably are going to need an answering team to go through 600 consults by the way to get 600 consults you're probably going to have like 2,000 to 3,000 lead phone calls coming in during the year so you absolutely need to have a call team and the conversion rate and the success of them calling and being able to book a consult, maybe 20% for most answering teams. They're just not trained in that way. Okay, the next thing you need to think about beyond team size is the marketing cost. How on earth are you going to bring in 600 consults a year? What are you going to do to make sure that your phone rings 2,000 times in that year? You're going to do what? Facebook ads? Uh, Pay-per-click? You're going to join a networking group? A networking group is not going to give you 600 consults a year. A networking group is not going to give you 200 new clients a year. Okay, I don't care how great that networking group is. I don't care how great your tagline is. I do not care. You are not getting 200 new clients. You might get 20. You might get 30. You might get 40. 200? Nah, not a fucking chance. And so what are you going to do? You're going to do Facebook ads. So you're, so you're going to hire a team uh, to do your Facebook ads and then spend money on the ads itself. What are you going to do? Dance on Instagram? Uh, point at a bunch of wills and try to get people to create a will with you? I mean, look, between the team size, right? Other attorneys, support staff, a call team, and then the marketing cost, whatever you choose to do, pay-per-click, Facebook, stick your face on a billboard, whatever you choose to do, all of that kills your profitability. All of it. Because you can't just get by with just you plus one to service 200 new clients for your will estate planning package. And you also can't just have you know, no marketing. You need marketing to get to those 600 consults. So in reality, all of this kills your profitability. I don't give a shit if you made a million dollars. You're probably only going to keep $200,000 of it. And by the way, to only keep $200,000 after all the shit you're going to deal with, you know, meeting with your SEO team every month, trying to figure out what's going on with your phone calls. Uh, What's the new article that you're gonna release for the blog post? What's it gonna be about? It's all time that they're taking from you even when you're hiring them. And by the way, when you hire a social media team, you still have to okay the content. And guess what? 
you still have to either dance in the reel or talk on the reel or do whatever it is that you are going to do. So that's what it is to make a million as an estate planning attorney. It's a shitload of new clients. It's a shitload of marketing. It's a shitload of time with not a whole lot of profitability on the other side. When I say profitability, I mean everything that you are left with after the million. So for any time, for, for anyone who ever says, oh yeah, I made a million, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, how much of it did you actually keep though? I guarantee you it's not whatever number that they are saying it is. I guarantee you that, but once you go through the taxes, the size of the team, the cost of the team, the cost of marketing, they're not ending up with 60 to 70% like a lot of my solos are. So that's just something for you to keep in mind as you're continuing to listen to this. So let's go on to the next category of practice area. Let's talk about immigration attorneys. Okay, so immigration is going to be a little hard to find a price for because some of the services range wildly. I mean, you could just be doing an adjustment of status for one person for, you know, maybe 2,000, 2,500, 3,500, somewhere in that range. And then you might end up doing a really big, you know, perm, an 01, and national interest waiver, whatever that is for like eight or 10,000, right? So the price varies pretty significantly there, but for the purposes of making this easier, I'm just gonna say on average, a client pays you 4,500. Combine all your two little $2,000 cases and all your $10,000 cases, let's average you out at 4,500. That means to make a million dollars, you need 222 new clients every year. And that means that you're gonna need more than 500 consults a year. More than 500 consults a year in your little immigration practice that you're just doing some pay-per-click for if you wanna hit a million. Okay. The team size that you need to manage 222 new clients, that's 222 new clients plus 100 from the year before who have had no decision yet, who are maybe in a you know uh, request for information stage, maybe it's a request for evidence, whatever is going on, right? You still have other clients that you are dealing with from the past. So what do you need? One to two attorneys, three to five support staff. What's the marketing that you need? What's the cost to bring on a new client in an immigration practice? What are you gonna do? Facebook ads, pay-per-click, the same old, same old that everyone else is doing, going after the same exact people. Okay, you are killing your profitability, if you didn't already know that. You are exactly like the estate planning attorney with with a very high cost of operating. And you're left with maybe 20 to 25% in net profitability. Again, and I hate to be the person to say this, but man, let me be the one who says this. You might be better off being an associate in someone else's law firm than running your own practice, feeling like you are losing your mind behind team issues team not showing up, team not delivering, team not pushing out petitions, people just sitting on petitions, which means you can't bill for the next phase because that first phase hasn't been done. All the issues that come up, all the 
heartbreak that comes in from someone who calls you and says, this was supposed to be done six months ago and it's not done yet and I'm stuck at the border and I can't come back in town. It's a lot to deal with for 200 grand. Seriously, it's a lot to deal with. So let's move on to family lawyers. Okay, family lawyers, if you want to get to a million dollars and let's say you're doing divorce and child custody, I know that this range is also going to vary wildly, but I'm going to go ahead and just say, let's say each average client pays you 7,500. You got a divorce for 10 grand. You got a child custody for three grand. Let's average that out. Let's say it's 7,500. That's what you're making. Okay, so to to get to a million dollars with $7,500 paid on average by all of your clients, you need 133 new clients every year. That means you're doing 300 consults each year. I'm gonna ask you what you think the actual team size that you need to manage 133 new family cases a year. Some of you can barely survive with 70 new cases a year and three support staff and two attorneys. And now you're trying to do 133, almost double that caseload. The thing that I want you to keep in mind is that family law is very different. It is insanely time consuming and there is shit that you are not even billing for because you have a heart and you're not gonna bill for these things or you're just terrible at timekeeping and you don't have uh, someone running around behind you tracking all of your time on all your calls. So you're just losing money that way, which by the way, I know that you are if you're a family attorney. So this is where you're going to need the biggest team size. So your profitability is already going to take a hit because you are going to have to keep hiring people who are emotionally empathetic. You cannot have people calling in and saying, the attorney is not available right now. You, that person is going to get cursed out so many times, especially if that client had a child custody issue over the weekend. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So you're going to need a big team. You're going to need a highly trained team. Otherwise, you're just going to be with two stars if you're lucky on Google because people are going to destroy you and your team for not having empathetic people answering the phone and on your team. You also won't have control of your calendar thanks to court appearances. So you'll be doing consults at all times of the day when you can fit in these little slivers of time. And then you might be telling me, oh, well, I'll just hire an attorney to do all the court appearances. Great, but that attorney doesn't have a lot of experience, so now you're gonna spend a lot more time training them. And if they do have experience, you're gonna be paying them a lot more, which by the way, eats at your profitability. So let's go on to the next one, real estate. All right, to make a million dollars, let's say you're charging $1,000 per closing. That's a thousand closings per year. Pretty simple math, right? A million dollars divided by a thousand, that's a thousand closings per year. Okay, the issue with real estate closings and being a real estate transactional attorney is there is an insane amount of competition. So that thousand dollars might end up being 800. Might end up being 500 if you're doing exclusive closings for one real estate office that does, let's say, 40 every month, 
and they're feeding you the business, they don't want to pay your normal fee or they're going to want to kick back for sending you the volume of business that they are. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, this is exactly how that business is run. All right. You're going to need an office. You are going to need exceptional relationships with realtors and realtor organizations, which means your marketing costs are going to be super high. They're going to expect you to promote them to your network. And by them, I mean uh, the realtors are going to expect you to promote their services to your network and to other networks, which means sponsored happy hours. Those are not cheap the last time I checked. You're gonna be doing a lot of like events and things like that. So the cost of marketing to get those real estate relationships is going to cost you a lot of money. And you're gonna need an office. Sorry, you're not gonna be able to do that virtually. You're gonna need an office where people can come in and sign off on their closing documents And if you're too small, it's gonna look weird. So you're gonna have to hire a bigger team. You're gonna need a bigger office. I mean, just the cost is going to be absurd. Okay, let's go to the next practice area. This one is a fun one. Okay, let's say you have some sort of specialized business law practice. This can include patents, um, doing licensing, GC type work. Uh, This can also be if you are super specialized in being uh, an attorney who helps tech startups get their funding. So, you know, seed rounds, round A, round, round A, round B, whatever that is. You know, if you are helping them with that, then you can charge way more an hour because you've got that very specific experience of knowing how to read a cap table, of knowing what to do to protect that team. So again, we're going from a more volume model of anyone can do this, immigration, estate planning, uh, family law, to now we're getting specialized. And if you read Zero to a Million, How to Have a Wildly Successful Law Firm, I talk about this in a lot of detail with drawings and graphs and all of that. But in any case, if you have a specialized area of law, To get to a million, this is gonna be my favorite way for you to do it because you're gonna keep your profitability and you're not gonna lose your mind. So I'm gonna break this down for you. This is what I would like to see, ideally. Retainer clients, you've got four each month and they're paying you 10 grand a month. Retainer means they've got access to you. That doesn't mean you're doing like at least 10 hours of work a month. That just means they've got you on retainer and you are doing some work but you are really acting as a a liability reducer, right? Because this is how you become cash plus on their books is by presenting yourself as someone who's not a cost center, but rather as someone who who is generating revenue for them. So you're either generating revenue by reviewing deals for them, you're generating revenue by making sure that their liabilities are completely reduced. Obviously, they're never gonna be zero, but you are really looking out for them, like a GC would. And an in-house GC might cost them 300 or 400 grand a year, but instead they're getting you for $10,000 a month times 12 months, 120 grand, right? So it makes sense for them to hire you with that very specific skill set. And by the way, if you've just got four retainer clients at $10,000 each month, that is half of your annual revenue right there 
in those four clients. You didn't have to go through 600 consults, darling. You didn't need 300 new clients. You got the four and you knew exactly how to milk it and you packaged it. You packaged your GC services with them specifically to help them. Okay, let's keep going. Then we've got kind of repeat clients who come and see you three to four times a year. They don't need you on retainer every single month, but they do need you know a couple deals reviewed, a couple contracts reviewed three to four times a year. Then you've got your one-offs who hire you once a year and pay you a couple thousand dollars here and there. And that's how you get to a million as a specialized business law practice area. Now, here's the thing, your team size will probably still be two to three. Maybe you've got people checking your email for you. Maybe you've got another attorney that you're working with and sending, you know, sort of um, overflow work to. Maybe you've got a really good paralegal who can do first round edits of contracts for you so that you can just do the second round and really make it happen with that second round um, and save yourself some time. Okay. The other great thing about this is not only is your team size smaller, which means your profitability is higher, your marketing is going to be smaller too because no one ever Google searches uh, GC near me, okay? I'm sorry, that just doesn't fucking happen. If your SEO team told you that, they lied to you. People are getting GCs by working with other business owners in their own mastermind and saying, hey, look, I had an attorney I worked with. I really don't like him anymore. Who do you work with? This is a word of mouth business, so you better make sure that you've got that reputation on lock. Not only that, but it's going to take you a really long time to build these relationships. This person I'm talking about, this specialized business law, like this comes like seven, eight, nine years into practicing. This isn't the shit that happens overnight. But the thing I want you to keep in mind is most immigration attorneys, estate planning attorneys, aren't gonna wake up and have the marketing budget to bring in 200 new clients a year. They usually hit that around year five, year six, year seven. So the timeline is still the same from like inception of law firm to you know being at a million. But the thing I want you to keep in mind is this is for a very specific kind of attorney. This attorney knows that they are going to be um, a relationship builder. So they're gonna be a little bit of a rainmaker for sure. And they've also got to have the brains and the skill set to actually be able to review these documents. Otherwise, you're killing your profitability by hiring another attorney. So you're making a million and you're going to hire a really good attorney for what, 100, 120, and then you're going to train them up. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to realize, oh my God, I could be doing this for myself. Why am I doing this for someone else? Let me just go and learn everything I need to learn. And in two years, I'm out. So now you've spent all that money and all that time investing in that person and they're gone. So again, it takes a very specific kind of attorney to have this practice. You gotta have this skill set, the contract review skill set, the the licensing skill set, the GC skill set that's very specific here, and not everyone is going to be able to do this. Okay, so before we go into our final area of law, I just want you to understand that. This is all for a very specific type of attorney who bills. This is all for your fixed fee hourly rate attorneys. This is not for the attorneys who are taking a percentage of a case, and there are quite a few out there. We know that the most popular one is gonna be personal injury, but there's others. There's 
class action attorneys who take a percentage, right? Aaron Brockovich. So to, to kind of give you a high level overview of how this conversation has gone, we've gone from talking about practice areas that bill by the hour traditionally, or they are billing, you know, in packages, but their package rates are based on hourly rates anyway. So as we get to this final area of this percentage attorney, I just wanted to point that out to you that it's very difficult for a hourly rate fixed fee attorney to hit that million dollar number. Most attorneys end up being in the Two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar level, and they are actually a lot more profitable. And here's what I mean: I can have an attorney making three hundred grand a year and keeping seventy percent in profits with, you know, just a virtual team of people supporting. I can also have an attorney making a million dollars and keeping, you know, one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's different for everyone, and the problems that you encounter at each end of the spectrum are very specific. At a million dollars, you're going to have some serious team problems and some serious client problems. At $300,000, you're going to have some serious delegation problems in that you cannot delegate your work to anyone else because they expect, they, your clients, expect you to be the one who answers them. They don't want your paralegal. They don't want your answering team. They want you. They want the person that they're paying 10 grand a month to, to be there for them. So you are going to always feel stretched too thin and you just get to decide what you are comfortable dealing with. Are you comfortable dealing with feeling stretched too thin or are you comfortable with dealing with people problems? There's no right answer to this. This is so personal to you and who you are as a person and what your skill set is I can speak from my own personal experience. I will never be the person who has a large team. Ever, 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 ever. I've worked with teams. I have built my own teams. I've managed my own team of five or six people working with me. I've been able to hire very experienced, talented people. I've optimized their training. I have training files already created, training videos, all of that. And what I learned from my experience of having a large team, or what I think is a large team, is this is not for me. This is not fun. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy managing a team. I don't feel like I need to work with 200 new lawyers every single year. I don't feel like I need to work, consult 600 new law firms a year. That is not my growth trajectory. That is not what's fun for me. What is enjoyable for me is working with a very small, intentionally chosen group of clients. And I would much rather be in the higher profitability level where I'm at right now, 70 to 80% versus being someone who's got a smaller profitability and just a lot of team problems. I just, I don't handle it well. And I don't have the skill set to, or the, the desire 
to be a leader on a team. So just a note on that before we go to this final area, and that's going to be your percentage attorneys, and we'll start with personal injury attorneys. Personal injury attorneys, love them, hate them, maybe you are one, maybe you're married to one, whatever it is, I will tell you the sad truth and the sad reality, which is maybe sad to some of you hourly rate package fee attorneys, but basically it's going to be easiest for personal injury attorneys to hit the seven-figure mark. It is also going to be most profitable for personal injury attorneys to hit the seven-figure mark. And I'm going to show you exactly how this breaks down. Most personal injury attorneys, oh, and here's my background of experience. Um, I spent uh, a few years in a personal injury office in Atlanta, not one of the big billboard guys. Um, and this attorney made a very comfortable, and I'm talking in, this was 2000, oh my goodness, 2006, seven, something like that. So quite a while ago was making a very comfortable half a million a year and came into the office three days a week, maybe four days a week, like 10 to three o'clock. I was in the office before this attorney. I left after this attorney. It was amazing to me how little work was actually done, like how much little brain work was done. Um, a lot of stuff in personal injury is templated. So requests for medical records, templated. Requests for uh, you know demand letters themselves are templated. Everything inside of personal injury, especially if you're doing very easy cut and dry sort of you know car accident cases, uh, those are those are going to be pretty easy, and almost everything will be templated. If you decide to take on a couple of tough cases a year, maybe um, a product liability on an elevator that you know malfunctioned and the person fell when they got off the elevator or something like that, and you have to do a deposition on it and the client needed surgery, yada, 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 you know, that's gonna be obviously a little bit more complicated. You will need to put on a suit. You will need to brush, uh, brush up on your, um, deposition skills, you know, all of that is going to be a little bit different um, than your typical, you know, car accident, slip and fall, you know, th those are just going to be a little bit more cut and dry. Now, you know, the way that I see this working for a lot of personal injury attorneys is most of them will take on you know, 40 to 50 new cases a year. They've still got some old ones where maybe there's treatment happening or, you know, the adjuster is just not, um, you know, playing along well. Maybe you need to have the case reassigned, whatever happens there. You know, mostly you're taking on about 40 cases a year to hit that million number. You know, you've got an average case settlement amount of let's say 30,000. You know, that's a nice little chunk right there. Um, maybe it's even 20,000, right? So so you've got some good numbers working for you there. And then you've got one to two big ones. And maybe they are in the, you know, 60, 80, 100, 120 sort of range. And you're not looking to build your entire roster of $100,000 settlements. You're also not looking to 
make it um, where all you're doing is big cases, which means that you're waiting longer to settle and you don't have these little cases settling in beforehand to give you cash flow, right? Because that's the true genius behind a successful personal injury firm, which no one talks about. I don't even care if you're a personal injury lawyer, but the reality is you want most of your cases to be some of these smaller ones to keep your cash flow going so you can keep paying for your team and keep paying for your marketing and keep paying for your office and all that stuff. Then you wanna have some medium-sized cases then you want some big cases. You only maybe want one or two big cases a year and then a whole bunch of like medium-sized ones and then even more small ones. There's a sweet spot for every personal injury attorney just depending on the size of their practice and if they are niching in specific practice areas or not, but the reality is it is going to be the easiest for a personal injury attorney to hit a million. And the other reality is that you either need a huge marketing budget, pay-per-click, billboards, a large intake team. I mean, all these things cost a lot of money. Um, or you need really good relationships with other attorneys who will hand work down to you because they don't want it or it's outside of their wheelhouse. This happened to the attorney that I worked with. Uh, this attorney had partnered with um, another attorney. They had shared an office space and that's kind of how it started. They never really shared caseloads. They didn't, you know, they didn't work on each other's cases like that. But this one attorney became a really big deal and was only doing cases that settled for a million or more. And it became more in the medical malpractice space. So because this attorney had had a 40-year reputation in the personal injury space, this attorney got a lot of business and a lot of referrals for car accidents, for slip and falls, you know, just other things. And this attorney wouldn't even take it on because that attorney had a team of three and they were like, nope, I'd rather spend my time focusing on my million dollar cases and then taking off for three months a year and then coming back and doing a really big trial and then taking off another three months during a year. Very much a lifestyle business for this attorney. And that attorney would hand off all the business to my old boss. And my old boss got, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars of cases that he didn't have to work for by virtue of having this relationship. Now, does this happen all the time? No. Is it rare for this to happen? Yes. Is it possible? Absolutely. It's just about who you know. And I hope that one of the things that you're getting from this conversation is like the more specialized you become, the lesser volume of clients you take, it's because you've stepped into an area of specialization. And because of that specialization, you know, it requires a building of relationships. It requires you to have these people in your network, in your community that you see regularly, where they know that if they give you a case, you're gonna take care of it, so they look good and you look good and everybody wins. It is so rare to find these um, 
I do prefer that if these relationships are being established, it's with someone who's in a different uh, practice area from you or a different niche practice area. So it worked out well for this person because it was medical malpractice above 1 million handing off to an accident attorney, right? That works out nicely. I've also seen it between you know criminal and immigration attorneys, but sometimes it can be a little bit lopsided where you know the immigration office needs 200 new clients a year and the criminal office does not need 200 clients a year. So these are all the things to remember as you are listening to this episode. Yes, it is easiest for personal injury attorneys and you have to decide for yourself if you want to be the seven-figure attorney keeping 200000 a year or if you want to be the attorney making 400000 a year that keeps 220000 a year. Really, it's up to you. I know so many attorneys who get so in their head about it and they're like, oh, well, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years and I don't want to look like I don't have a team, so I have six attorneys who do the work for me. And if you get caught up in how it looks, you're going to end up losing a lot of money. So for every time an attorney tells me I'm losing money and I'm, I'm keeping money on the table, the reality is that you're not actually losing money. You're not keeping money on the table. The thing that's hurting you is what you think it means to be a lawyer. And looking at your team size and looking at your actual marketing budget and your operating costs, right? So if you're spending $30,000 a month on marketing, $20,000 a month, $5,000 a month, and it's not giving you the ROI, plus you've got a big team to do all the work for you, yeah, I mean, your your profitability is going to be the thing that takes a hit. So a, a much longer episode than I anticipated, my friends. Um, 42 minutes and counting here. Thank you for listening in. Again, please, please, please share this episode with everyone you know, because no one talks about this stuff. And this is the stuff that is so unbelievably important to understand about your practice area and how you actually get to million dollar thrills and how you become a million dollar law firm. I know a lot of very happy attorneys not making a million dollars. I know a lot of attorneys making a million dollars who are unhappy. So you get to decide what that looks like for you, but please know that if you want to be a million at a million and you've got a family practice, you're going to be dealing with a lot of people, people on your team, clients, a lot of drama, and, and I, I don't know how you would emotionally even handle that. I don't think there's a therapist in the world that could help you with the level of drama that you would be dealing with. So... You get to choose. I'm just here to give you the information and the numbers breakdown of it and what it actually costs and what it actually looks like. And if you are someone who is a woman-owned law firm and you know that you wanna be sitting pretty at half a million with 80% profitability, reach out to me. Let's see what we can do to get you there. 
if you know that you want to stay small and you know that you want to hit certain goal numbers but just be really profitable, again, reach out to me. Let's see what we can do. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in and I will see you all next week.